Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. I see the fun. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast episode 213 coming at you from the All Things Comedy studio. That's right. This podcast is a part of the All Things Comedy Network. Go to allthingscomedy.com and watch and listen to all of the other amazing content and podcasts that they have there. If you are watching, again, you're just watching a recording of a podcast and being, this is boring. It's Yeah, that's what you're watching. Someone record something that's meant for audio. So that's on you. All right. Oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. Well, first of all, I've already recorded episode 212, and I'm deciding that this is going to need to be 212 because I'll explain what I recorded to you in a minute. I I, I can't even believe I thought it would be listenable. Um, but my tour is over. Tour is over if you want it, as John Lennon said. Or that was war is over if you want it. If you – oh, no. Can I not do it? Oh, where's the part? This was going to be so good. And we're going to get it. We're going to get this right. Let's, okay. I also like saying um, Trump is over if you want it. That's a good one. That's. I'm going to make... Don't steal that. I'm making a sign that's going to... Here it is. Tour is over if you want it. And I do want it. I want my tour to be over because I'm tired. But I'm still traveling twice um, more this month for personal for personal things. I'm actually going to see. Don't yell at me, everybody. I'm actually going to see Hillary Clinton speak in Portland, Oregon. Again, easier sometimes to go there than go to anything in Los Angeles. And look, I know Bill Clinton was part of the Epstein sex plane. I get it. I mean, this is why I feel. You know, I, listen. When shit comes out about everybody, and if I find out bad stuff about her, I'm I'm. You know, I'll, I'll say it too. I, I'll say this. Do I love some of Bernie's ideas? Absolutely. That's why I was a Bernie bro originally, years ago. 
You think he behaves like a lunatic and then something's up with that guy. Uh, Hillary, uh, well, I could get into it, but I think if you want to know more about her, um, her book, What Happened, is great. Now, uh, don't get into this, but do you really believe everything she says? Like, if she says, I was here on this date and this black woman was my mentor and that's how I learned to um, start a foundation for children, like, get, that's not a lie. You might be like, I still don't like, that's fine. But, you know, there's facts and there's not. So I enjoyed some of the facts about some of the things she's done. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I don't know what's going to be coming out about this Epstein guy. Um, and I know Bill was on that plane. I don't know. I'm, I really hope that Bill Clinton did not have sex with teenage girls. I really hope he didn't. Um, but we're going to see what's going to happen. And I, and I don't know what Hillary knew. I, we're getting political right away. We're getting crazy. But I just want to say, we don't know what she knew. And we don't know that you could blame her for why she knew something and didn't say anything, why she didn't know. I, I, I get it. I just want to keep it nuanced and focused when it does come out. Um, in many ways, I feel bad for what people don't understand about um, like how feminism keeps growing as we women learn a, a two. And she's an older woman. Oh, I did a gig with Gloria Steinem this week. I'm a, it was underwhelming, I'm going to be honest with you, but I'll explain why. Um, you know, I think back in the eight in the 90s when she said, oh, I'm going to stay home and bake a cake. All the Republicans were like, ah. And then, you know, so she was like, oh, I get it. Stand by my man, work with Republicans. That's how you get ahead. And then nowadays it would be like, are you crazy? You leave the guy and you blow it all up. She's always a little bit, you know, not quite in the thing. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about. Um, I just wanted to you can complain to me later that I'm going to go see her speak. Um, and then I'm going to New York City to spend my Christmas. Um, I'm completely, I don't know how to put it, but I'm in completely in such a recovered place from my dumping of last year. My life is objectively better, subjectively, objectively, both. It's actually both better this year. Um, and I am not mad at my ex. I just, um, I think they're just, I don't know if I, uh, it's not about that. It's about me. And so I am excited to be in New York on Christmas. I will be still, I think, writing the script because we're a little behind. So it's going to be kind of a working Christmas. It's basically my life is going to be a Hallmark movie this Christmas. I'm in New York City working. Busy businesswoman, except when I'm in New York, it'll really be New York and we'll be empty and I'll be wearing a coat and a scarf. Um, I just watched a Hallmark movie the other day where this woman, this little kid wanted to put his scarf on a snowman. And this woman was like, his mom was like, you'll be freezing. No, you keep the scarf for you. But her, the mom's friend, this woman was like, you can have my scarf. And she takes it off. And her friend's like, it's going to be in the teens today. And she's like, it's all right. And she's literally wearing an open, very light wool coat, no scarf, no hat, nothing. Like if it's in the teens, I just can't, I cannot. I, they're getting so flagrant in them now. Now they're telling you the temperature in the movies and, and still telling you we're not going to put our characters in any kind of anything. It's almost like every day Trump tweets something more insane and egregious. You're like, how is he getting away with it? We can't even start with Hallmark movies. How are we going to contain him? You know, um, people just live, live life in our face sometimes. And we, we just, it's become the new normal that Trump is president and that people, when it's in the teens, they don't wear scarves, hats, or gloves, and they have no socks on and high heels in the snow. I mean, it's just, that's America. That's what it is. So Anyway, um, this is episode 212. 
Uh, if you like the podcast, even if you don't, just fucking throw me a bone. Go to iTunes, write a review, give it five stars, and subscribe. And the review this week can be, I am not wearing a scarf. That's what you could put as the review. So that when people read the reviews, they're like, what does that mean? Um, again, Bobble Bar. I have my own jewelry line. This necklace says Feminist AF. You can get a ton. They don't have to be about that. It's cat Lady. There's one that says Single, Unavailable, Taken, uh, Laundry Day. They say all kinds of fun things. And again... They're custom. And my head is blowing up. I did a, a gig this weekend and I raffled off some of the necklaces because the, the money was going to Planned Parenthood in Oklahoma City. And people were like, can I get one that says this? I'm like, no, no, this is what it is. These are the necklaces. These are the necklaces. You go online and custom make them. Do people not understand this concept that 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 they understand in other areas? Like you go pick the colors you want and the word that it says. I can't make. 17,000 versions. There's 20 colors and 14 expressions and then two different kinds of uh, metal and then lengths. So that, you know, do all those maths. Am I going to carry around 5,000? That's not, it's an online store because there's no overhead. Does that make sense, people? We Come on, it's 2017. No overhead. It's all online. It ends December 31st. I have three weeks left to be a small business entrepreneur. I know you think, oh, she'll just pop up somewhere else and I'll get it then. No, literally, no one is going to work with me again in the professional world of fashion because I didn't prove myself with this because I was too political on Twitter for them. So um, I fucked myself, I guess. And but that's okay. Not really. That's really not why. But my mom's probably listening. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't even discuss I can't discuss um, and my parents' lack of understanding of politics and what's really going on. They literally are not getting the news. Um, my dad loves Trump. I don't. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he thinks Robert Mueller's legitimately a bad guy. I I I I I I I I have no words. I have no words. I'm like the Republican in my family now. I'm like Richard Painter said. Like I am following all the conservatives on Twitter. I'm like. He's amazing. Um, that's George Bush, uh, George W. Bush's old ethics lawyer, and his tweets are out of the park. If you guys don't even bother engaging your family about Trump, but if you want to or if you just want to know, feel sane, go follow a bunch of conservatives on Twitter that are against him and it'll make you feel it'll make you feel normal. Um, anyway, so get the goddamn necklace, bobblebar.com, B-A-U-B-L-E-B-A-R.com. Homepage of my website has all the info. You just missed some big sales. I tried to warn you about it. I tried to. and um, But I would get them now for the holidays because sometimes it could take a couple weeks to ship. But the women that saw them in person at my little raffle thing were loving on them. People loved the necklaces. They loved the over 40. All right. So there's that. Um, follow me on at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter and Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Now, for the listeners at home, you might want to check out the Facebook page um, within a day or two, and you will get the link for watching this because I'm recording it as well. But you can also go to YouTube.com slash ATC, and then you can search I Seem Fun, and you will find some of the live recorded episodes. And if you want to email me, it's I Seem Fun at gmail.com. And the I Don't Give a Fuck tour will start in 2018. I don't know why I'm touring again. I'm tired. But I will be doing some comedy club dates. And um, they will be – I think some things are on sale right now. I have to look. I've been so fucking overwhelmed writing this script and on tour and doing 50 jobs. And so um, I have to make a to-do list to do. Find out what's on sale when with 2018. 
Okay, so, but if you go to my website, jenkirkman.com, you can see where I'm coming. Caroline's New York City. I'm coming in January. Get tickets now. That's fun. If you saw me in New York already this year, some new stuff, um, but it'll be a repeat. But it'll be totally different because it's a comedy club environment, so you might see me work a different skill set. Today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace, Texture, and Casper. We'll get into that in just a moment. All fucking right here, people. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to say. Oh, London. Tickets are on sale for London. That Saturday night show, The Third, um, was sold out. Then they just opened up a couple more seats. So I guess it wasn't sold out, but they don't tell me that. They're like, we hold seats. Well, I don't know. Okay. So I would come see me in London. Um, all shows are the same, but uh, earlier in the week is when the reviewers come. So I could really use your assistance in laughing real loud. I, I never get good reviews in London anyway. They, they don't They don't hate all American comics, but... I would think they would like me because I'm a conversationalist um, and they like that there. But there's always some angry dude who's mad at something. And not because he's a dude. I'm just saying those have been the reviewers so far. Um, they, they 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 hated Ron Funches. Like a lot of Americans get bad reviews there that you're like, you're clinically wrong. Um, we are very funny. Um, oh, Okay. I hope everybody's watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon, a show that I consulted on. And oh my God, I watched it. I binged it this weekend. It's so beautifully shot. I'm just, I can't believe I got to work with Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino. They are, they're brilliant. They are brilliant people. And um, this is one of the, I'm going to talk about miracles today. Miracles. So, you know, I'm actually not, but I'm just going to start in with this. Um, I had such an amazing, miraculous year, and I think about – I used to be very like – I think I did a podcast episode years ago that was like, I don't want to be the old woman who just has fans and isn't in a relationship. And, you know, it's like, Henry, like just some gay guy she pays to live with her. But I look at things so black and white. It's like just because I had a breakup with this particular person, it doesn't mean that when I'm 90, I will only value fans. Like I'm not like that. Like – I'm also fine without a relationship right now. I don't desire to be in one. But if I do again, um, that's great. And if I don't, for some reason, like I never find anyone to want to do that with, which I'm not saying in a negative way, like could, you know, everything's a possibility. I could meet five people. I could be be married five times. I could be this. But um, my life is so deep and meaningful that um, someone else could only enhance it, not like make it what it is. And I think in the past I used to think like, oh, a relationship makes your life what it is. And I knew that even when I was in my last one, that it doesn't, but I wasn't quite skilled at it yet. So now I'm really getting it. And um, anyway, so my point is that it's okay actually to love your work and to live it and breathe it as long as like I tried to do good things this year with with my job, like um, doing some charity shows for Hurricane Harvey Relief, Planned Parenthood. Oh my God, my Christmas show at the fucking Hollywood Improv this Thursday. It's the Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show. We've got Sam Pancake on it, my friend Chris Frangiola, Allison Castillo, Brian Husky. I'm going to interview a couple of those guys have been in Hallmark movies. We're going to show clips and talk about it. Um, throwing candy at you. Um, singing Elvis. We're going to raise money for the LA Food Bank. I'm also asking everyone to bring an unwrapped children's book because there's a Barnes & Noble book drive for the poor children. And I love doing stuff like that. So I try to do charitable things throughout the year with my shows when I can. And, um, you know, in my own personal life, there's a lot of hippy-dippy helping and spiritual shit going on. So I have a very fulfilled life. And so I never, I can't believe I ever thought that work 
was something I should hide or be ashamed of or don't get too into it because you don't want to be one of those like Hollywood weirdos is alone. It's like I'm not alone. I'm and my life is giant and there's so many people in it. And again, as I said, things are deeper, more meaningful with my friends than they were in the past. That Now, that's my tendency. When I'm in a relationship, I'm like this. I, I come home. I tell you everything that happened that day. And then I'm, I'm not telling anyone else. Well, I guess now I got to tell this person that story and that person. It's like I didn't know how to spread it around. And um, that's not why my breakup happened. Um, it was it was more to do with my ex and his issues and his timing of being in a relationship with them. Um, but, you know, you look at like, well, maybe what could I do better next time with him or someone else? Um, I don't mean with him, but you know what I'm saying? Like you just do better next time. doesn't even have to be specific to that person was my point. Um, anywho. So that being said, one of the miracles I had this year and, and I'm telling you people, I know you might not like this suggestion, but if you want my holiday suggestion, um, if whatever, as as Chevy Chase says in Caddyshack, there's a force in the universe, Danny. You know, you got to be the ball. And whether that force in the universe is just the force in the universe. I mean, you'd I as far as I know, you didn't show up to planet Earth with the suitcase going, I'm here. Like you were born without your consent, um, if you think about it. Now, some people go, we were up in a spiritual, spatial thing and we picked our parents. Sure. The you that you are does not have that consciousness that you did that. Um, although, whatever. Okay, so. Mm-mm-mm. There's a force in the universe. Now, again, everyone's going to go, white people, AIDS babies. I get it. As long as you have your white first world privilege, why not use it? Because if you can be a miracle maker for other people, it's the best way to do that is to be sane and stable so that I think our job as these first world white people is to make the world a better place. We have the most resources. And um, so don't poo poo your spirituality because you think, well, you know, I'm not talking about a literal God who looks over people and goes, I'm not helping those AIDS babies. I'm going to help that white woman in her apartment in Studio City. I'm not saying that's how it works. I'm saying this. If you have the, the time the uh, emotional resources. I was so devastated after my breakup. I literally thought, I think you can die from feelings. I know you can't, but I was like, what if? What if I'm the first one? Then I was like, I don't care if a truck hits me because I'm so depressed. And when I'm depressed, I sometimes get fearless because I don't have that. um, I have a sense of my mortality, but I don't care if that makes sense. It's not suicidal. It's this other thing where it's just like, fuck it. I'm so depressed. Who cares if I get a little scared doing this thing? I'm not even going to feel it anyway. And so I would lay in bed every night and I would have to try to stop my thoughts from going into these crazy negative fantasies like, okay, my ex is dating a 22-year-old and they're in love and he's like, I hate Jen. Like, I would just sit there and fantasize about the most horrible thing that could happen um, that I wouldn't want. And it's dumb to get all upset over because then you have contact with the person a year later and they're like, none of that happened. And I was working on myself all year and you're like, oh, okay. So I'm saying like, so then I decided why not use this time more wisely? So I would lay in bed I'm not kidding. I did this Um, because a woman came up to me at my show. Well, I'll tell you that in a minute. I would lay in bed with my arms wide open. I'm not kidding. I'd make a grateful list before I went to bed. I don't care if you've not used to say I have all my limbs. That's every night you can put that on a list. 
if, and if you, and again, and we've talked about this on this podcast, some people might not have all their limbs. And I have asked limbless listeners to write in and I didn't get any, um, I don't think. But again, you, you understand what I'm saying. So if you don't have limbs, I don't mean to make you feel bad. I'm sure you're like, no, 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 I've never known what it's like. It's fine. Like, I feel bad for you guys. And like, you know how that whole thing goes. Inspirational. Um, not that everyone without limbs is inspirational. Some of your assholes, Oscar Pistorius or whatever, murderer, right? We're all good and bad. Okay. So I would lay in bed and I would say, universe, whatever's out there. I don't mean to say, I say universe because I don't like to say God because the people get all upset, but then people equally get upset when you say universe. But just picture it this way. Be the ball. Chevy Chase isn't Caddyshack. There's a force in the universe, Danny. Be the ball. Um, in fact, you know what I'm going to have to do is look up that scene so I can get the wording right. Um, be the ball, Danny. Hang on a sec. Okay. No, 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 no. And then I'll tell you what I did. I don't know if this is um some kind of <clears throat> some kind of thing that I'm not supposed to do. Oh my god, my friend Fortune's in an ad. Good work, girl. Um, oh my god, why is it not playing? Okay, I'm just gonna. I think it's so funny when Chevy Chase is pretending. Uh, it, it looks like he's putting, but he's really peeing. And he's barefoot. What do you want to go to college for, Danny? Hang on. Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Uh huh. Hang on one sec. Hang on. Hang on. Is this interesting? Okay. Jen has a podcast where she watches Caddyshack and no, says nothing. But uh, anyway, all right. I know I could just look up the quotes. Don't be obsessed with your desires, guys. The Zen philosopher Basho once said, A flute with no holes is not a flute. Is this real? All right, then he's reading. No, 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 no. Force in the universe, Danny. Uh, maybe he's not doing it. Okay. He's forcing the universe, Danny. I'm just going to get the quote. Aha. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. All you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen and be the ball. Oh, my God. Logan's greatest song. Anyway, the point is, everybody, be the ball, okay? So I'm laying in bed and my arms open out and I go, oh, there's also one of my favorite quotes is live as though the world is tipped in your favor. Because, again, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but at least our attitudes can get us through it. So I laid in bed and my arms open. I said, I, th- I have a feeling, God, universe, force be the ball, that you want me to have a big, beautiful life and that I am stuck, right? I am stuck on that. It's got to be with this person. I am stuck on that. Please remove that from me and give me the big, beautiful life, but make me want the big, beautiful life that you have for me. And man, I mean, I did that every night while sobbing, not believing and going, I hate this, but I did it. And I'm not saying things happen because I did it. 
But what I'm saying is these things were going to happen anyway, and I could have been miserable leading up to them, or I could have been open to it so that when they happened, they felt magical instead of like, I'm miserable and I'm going to hold on to what I want and not look at why this might be a good thing, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, this all goes back to when I got a call from my agent saying there's this woman, she created Gilmore Girls, you know, Amy Sherman to Palladino. I'm like, of course. She's like, they got a new show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, they want to have a Skype call with you. And I did it and I was just like, I should have been nervous, but I was so depressed that I wasn't nervous. And so that actually was a bonus. And um, and so I look at that as like lucky. And then um, I got the job. And so I had to fly to New York and kind of move-ish there for like on and off for six months and write on the show and consult about some of the stand-up performances of all the characters that do stand-up. And so did this um, other comedian, Noah Gardenswartz, who's really funny. And um, again, like I didn't write any scripts or anything, um, but there were jokes here and there and, and stuff like that. But it was so delightful. And to get out of LA where like you might run into your ex or something like that. And I was so mad at New York because it was like one of the things my ex and I would talk about. Like I wanted to move back there. He didn't. He was sick of it. Like we went to New York one time and just had a miserable time because he was miserable being there. And I was like, oh my God. I never want to go to New York again. New York, you ruined my relationship. And then I was sent to live there. It's like, come on. That's pretty fucking cool. So, and then I got over it and was like, no, New York is mine again. And so anyway, I just felt like I can't explain to you guys how depressed I was. It was, it was, if I hadn't been so depressed, I would have been frightened at how depressed I was. And anyway, this great article in New York Magazine came out this week about Amy who created Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And, um, and it's so funny because the show, like as we were doing table reads, like sometimes I would just cry because it's like this guy who left this woman and she's a stand up and she just has her career now. And I was like, Oh my God. But what I learned at this job was, um, everyone was very kind to me. I felt like I had work to do. It was, um, I didn't have to be a little entrepreneur in that moment and like think of a book to write or think of it was like I was there in service of someone else and their idea. I learned a lot. It was like getting a graduate school education and running a show. I it was a gift. It was just a goddamn gift. And so then Amy was um, interviewed in New York Magazine. She's got amazing quotes. But when I took a picture of it is. um, Uh. I grew up around comics. They are not always a chipper, happy bunch. If they were, there would be no comedy because comedy doesn't come from a bunch of happy, well-adjusted people. But she chooses cheerfulness over cynicism and that I, I am this way too. She says, I'm such a cynic. I believe kittens would kill you if they could figure out how to get to your neck. But I love um, the world where my lead characters are powering through it without that cynicism. I love the energy of female heroines tromping through life with their high heels and their great hair. Why not have some color in your fucking life? You're going to be dead in like five minutes anyhow. Just enjoy it and wear a hat. Um, and Amy always had these fabulous hats. And um, and so uh, that's how I feel. And I, I loved that quote from her. And it was like to get to work with someone that kind of had that similar philosophy and not that she cared that I had the philosophy or that we ever discussed it, but to be around that was like exactly where I needed to be. And I'm not saying the the universe orchestrated my breakup so that I could then have that job. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying like, look at how well things run and I get to look at them and go, oh, wow, I never would have, no one would have been, if someone went like, okay, you're going to get dumped on Christmas. What do you want after that? I would have been like, I wouldn't have been like, oh, to meet someone I never met, 
who's like a groundbreaking groundbreaking showrunner and director. And then I'll move to New York for a little while and I'll work on this show about stand-up and I'll be really inspired. I would never have thought of that. I would have been like, um, what do you mean I'm going to get broken up with? Well, what I want is him to change his mind and then everything goes back to being the same. Like, that's all we always want, more of the same. Even if it's, if, if it's like, you know, it's like, let's make a deal. Like, you don't want to take a chance behind, behind door number two? No, I want the same. I want the same. Um, in a lot of ways, I'm a risk taker because I say yes to opportunity. And in a lot of ways, I'm not because I am like, <laughs> and so I'm really glad that I stayed open this year. And I'm not saying that that's why things happened, but that's why I enjoyed the things that were happening. It gave me a perspective that I could count on. And that was all I had was my perspective. So anyway, I didn't think I'd be talking about all that. But so I'm going to New York. I decided that that's where I want to spend Christmas. And because I will have writing to do, (laughs) busy businesswoman. And my dear friend from college, who I was reunited with, my friend Liz, um, we were reunited because she had just moved to New York a, f- a few months before. So we had had coffee around Christmas last year. And, you know, I was kind of saying to her, I'm like, I have this feeling I'm going to get dumped. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, she didn't know my ex or anything. Like we hadn't been in each other's life in a while. And then I did get dumped the next week. And then I had to go to New York. And I'm like, Liz, I'm here. And she and I hung out a lot and her sister and, and um, again, this was my college roommate. Like I always say I stole my personality from her when it became a stand-up. And it was amazing. And we both changed so much, but, and yet we've changed from who we used to be, but we're both still similar again. Like we both like all the same things, but it's different from before. And, um, she's just a lovely person and we have the same kind of like spiritual views and all that kind of shit. So, um, yeah, there's going to be like a Christmas brunch that she's putting together at a restaurant with a bunch of people. I'm finally going on the, um, Diker Heights, Brooklyn Christmas light tour, which I didn't realize was like a whole thing. Like, I thought people were like, oh, just go to Diker Heights, Brooklyn. And, you know, they have beautiful Christmas lights. It's like a thing. There's a documentary about it. You, I'm taking a bus. It's like a three and a half hour bus tour. And I got a VIP seat. No big deal. I mean, you pay for it. They weren't like, oh, you're a VIP. And you, the houses in the neighborhood, each one spends about two to $10,000 getting it professionally decorated. And so it's like a crazy Christmas wonderland. So I'm going by myself the night after Christmas. And not in a sad way, none of my friends are interested in paying the money that I was willing to pay to do this. I mean, I think it was like 60 bucks, but people are like, I don't care enough to spend 60. Um, so that's going to be my gift to myself. And then, um, yeah, I'm staying in one of my favorite hotels. It's Gorge. I had uh, enough JetBlue points to fly Mint on the way there, which is exciting. And, oh, my God, if you guys fly as much as I do and you can never get your JetBlue points or you just want to – I mean, it's a lot of money to pay for a Mint seat on its own. So I wouldn't do that. But, I mean, it's their first class, but they don't say first class. And some of the seats are just like normal first class seats. You sit next to someone, but some are your own little pod, like a little apartment. And I love it. And when the plane lands, I'm like, no, I want to stay in the pod. So – Anyway, I'm very looking forward to my trip, and I'm doing a really fun show there on December 23rd at City Winery with Rhett Miller, Janine Garofalo. It's his um, annual Christmas show that he does, and I've done it before, and it's super fun. So I'm just like, yay. Anyway, so last week I was in New York, last-minute show, doing um, something for the Miz Foundation at Caroline's, and I met Gloria Steinem. And, you know, I was really excited, but maybe I was just being annoying. She had other things to do, but I... um. 
I gave her a feminist AF necklace. I think she's kind of like, huh? I mean, she's an 83-year-old woman after all. She seems 40. But I interrupt my regularly scheduled program to tell you that today's episode, don't fast forward this, you jerks. I need to tell you about today's episode is sponsored by Talkspace, by Texture, and by Casper. Oh, my God. So I'm off tour. I'm so happy to be back in my own bed. My back is basically out because of just, first of all, just the uncomfortable pillows in hotels that like have no support. But I am a Casper mattress owner. I also use their sheets and pillows. They didn't tell me to say that, but I just want to let you know that I do. Um, Casper mattress is revolutionizing the mattress industry because again, it doesn't have to make you deal with resellers and showrooms, right? There's no overhead in that sense. All of their in-house engineers, they spend thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. And it's a breathable design that sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. Trust me, that is an important thing, especially for us ladies of a certain age. Now, you can buy Casper completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns. I have experienced it. Well, I didn't return it, but I experienced a free delivery with a 100-night home trial. That's three months. You get three seconds to sit on a mattress in a showroom, and then they come bother you, and you're like, ah. Oh. They'll pick it up, and they'll refund you if you don't want it because Casper understands the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit. Now, it is obsessively engineered, and dudes, the price is shockingly fair. It's about to get more shockingly fair because we've got, for you, $50 towards any mattress by visiting casper.com using fun at checkout. That's casper, C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash fun, and then also use fun at checkout. It is sold directly to consumers. They are eliminating all the commission-driven inflated prices, and it's an award-winning mattress, people. It's got over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. And that's based on Casper, Amazon, and Google reviews. So check it out for yourself. Mattress, 50 bucks off. That's the Christmas present that you want to give yourself this year. Now, told you guys I had some, oh, maybe emotions here and there on Thanksgiving and dealing with my family and dealing with my feelings about Trump and all this stuff has just been a lot. And I am so glad that I can go to therapy and sort out my anxiety about the world so that I can still keep living my life in my own world. And so if you have not tried therapy yet, what are you waiting for? Start your New Year's resolution now. It is never too late to feel better. That's why I love our sponsor, Talkspace. It's the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. You get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer, just for my listeners, go to Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. And you will get a special $30 off of your first month. So again, Talkspace.com slash Jen. And on that page, you can read all about it. No commitments. Just read the page. And as a special offer, again, for just my listeners, coupon code Jen to get $30 off of your first month. Okay? You need to take better care of yourself. And these people, this is not just some guy on the phone. This is online therapy. You connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick. They are, you can video chat with them, text, audio messages. They are fully licensed. They go through rigorous screening, thousands of hours of supervised professional training, Talkspace.com slash Jen, 
therapy for how we live today, and it's perfectly confidential. You could be on the phone upstairs while grandma's, you know, doing something wacky, and you can be like, oh, my God, help me, and they will help you. Talkspace.com slash Jen therapy for how we live today. And I will let you guys know that I was using my texture all up in here um, when I was traveling. I So basically, you know, it's – look at I don't know whether to tell you what it is first or to tell you how I'm using it. I'm I'm, I'm just getting all excited. But let's just tr- start here. Go to texture.com slash fun, dot com slash fun, okay? And podcast listeners will get to use Texture for just $9.99 a month, and they get a free trial before that. That's over 30% off the listed price of magazines. So you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Texture, my friends, is an app. Whether you're looking for political reporting, high-quality storytelling, the latest on culture and entertainment, magazines that deliver it all, that's what Texture is, okay? The Texture app gives you unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines. They've got leading titles like Time, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and Wired, and they even have Us Weekly and Star, so that it's perfect for your Kindle. No one has to know what you're reading. And right now, you can try Texture for free. So I was doing that. I use Texture. I've got like Maybe like 30 magazines saved as my favorites. There's literally over 200 to choose from. And I'm not talking about like Cats and Socks and some magazine you've never heard of. They're all like the major ones. There's, there's I seriously, I could read the whole list, but it would take 10 hours. But um, I was reading like, because that's what I like to do. I like to read an article from this magazine, an article from that one. I would have had 10 magazines in my lap taking up my whole purse. And, you know, so with Texture, I have them all on my Kindle, or I mean, I call it my Kindle, but it's it's my iPad, because I'm a hundred. So anyway, um, the quality of the magazines uh, should be available to you anytime without needing to carry them around or have to clutter up your home. And it's good for the environment. So there is a better way to get your favorite magazines, Texture. The app delivers unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines. Right now, you can try it for free, Right. Look, let's say you're hosting friends. You could read recipes from Bon Appetit or Real Simple to inspire your event. Um, arm yourselves with the latest reporting from the Atlantic and Time to, uh, you know, win the political arguments. And uh, they also have magazines like Airbnb magazine. You can read it and inspire yourself for your next vacation. It just doesn't matter what mood you're in. Texture and the unlimited access to these 200 premium magazines will be awesome for you. Give yourself that gift. And then you can walk around with your iPad or your app or your phone or whatever you use to read it and just stay out of everybody's way. Again, texture.com slash fun and you can try it for free. They also have amazing gift options for the holiday season. That is a perfect gift to give someone. I I highly recommend it. I'm actually going to give it to a few people I know. Go to texture.com slash fun to start your free trial today. Thank you. Um, I think she's just maybe shy. Like she was just kind of quiet and dignified. And sometimes I don't really jive with those people, if that makes sense. Like, um... For example, like when I met Courtney Love, I was like, oh, I understand this energy. Like, and she wasn't coming at me all crazy. She was kind of actually sitting there like, but I could see like, oh, that's someone trying to sit there quietly who inside is buzzing. Um, And Gloria Steinem is actually someone who's sitting there quietly. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. And so um, I, she was really nice. She sat up front and watched the show. I did some stand up. 
And I referenced her a couple of times on stage. She probably didn't like that. But she came up to me after. I just said, thank you so much. It was such an honor meeting you. She goes, oh, I love your stand-up. It's like a Russian novel. Now, I don't know. I think that's a compliment. I think she means it goes pr- goes too long and doesn't make sense is probably what she meant. But I think she meant it, it, it twists and turns. I mean, I haven't read, read a Russian novel since I was a pretentious high schooler who would take them with me to friendlies to sit there and be like, yeah. Dostoevsky, bitch, that's how long this is. You know, just holding a giant book. If there were Kindles back then, I would not have read it on one because I needed people to see what I was reading. I'm smoking and reading. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I was not wrong about how to live. Go to diners, smoke and read. I only want to do that. And again, as I've said, I can't smoke. But apparently it's it's literally all I think about. I will never get over it. And we are on the brink of nuclear war, like the brink. They are doing air raid drills in Hawaii. South Korea has never had all these jets do, they're doing something. Kim Jong-un's capabilities. Now, I feel like they're scaring us because you have to put, you have to put a nuclear bomb. And, and for those of you watching the video, I'm demonstrating with a clip and a pe- pencil. You have to put a nuclear bomb on the stick that you send over. <laughs> He's sending the sticks over, and they have great range. Again, they're just going in the ocean, though. So it's like, I feel like we're a few steps away from him successfully nuking anything because he's not attaching the bombs, but I don't get how it all works. I feel like he has other countries in his corner. Like, is Russia helping him? I know they're dirt poor, so I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that we could get nuked and that shit could go crazy. And I honestly feel like the world hates us so much that everyone else would just start nuking us. Like France would be like, I'll fucking nuke them. Like, we're hated. Um, but, and people who support Trump don't care. Like, they want it that way. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I've talked to people that support him, and they're like, we literally don't care what Europe thinks of us. I'm like, that's insane. Um, anyway, but, what was my point? Um, I didn't have one. Okay, anyway, oh, so, even then, with me knowing the world is ending, I will not start smoking again because that's how much hope I have that I don't even know I have. It's just inherent in me. And uh, I hate that about myself right now. Okay. So anyway, I was talking to uh, – and so this is what this episode was going to be. And and um, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you send me an email, fun at gmail.com, and tell me – if you would listen to this episode that I recorded, and I'll tell you what it is. Or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash I seem fun. Um, facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast. And write in the comment section of this episode. So somebody had asked me, I'd love to see you kind of mystery science theater, a Hallmark movie. I'd love to hear you do a podcast where you watch one and comment. I get it. But what I should have done is like, and, and you'd have to get the rights to it and whatever. But, you know, like my friend Doug Benson does Doug Loves Movies. Um, you know, D- The Interruption. Um, what's it called? The Movie Interruption? Something like that. Um, and you sit there and watch movies and interrupt it. Uh, but as it keeps rolling in a giant theater and people are being funny on microphones. And it's usually a movie people have seen before. Or if they haven't, they don't care. But I was watching a Hallmark movie cold, like one I'd never seen. And trying to describe to you guys what was going on. And I, I mean, I suppose some of the things I said were funny, but there was no time to make jokes. It was just like, I have to tell you what's going on, but I'd have to listen too. 
And so I don't know what I was thinking. It's like an hour and a half long podcast. There are some funny moments in it. Of course, like I might sidebar for a second. I started to get the hang of it after a while, but I started to listen to it. And I was like, I cannot release this and tell them it's a podcast. Like I might have to release it as a bonus because <laughs> I don't even know. But I was just like, um, okay, so there's, what's that guy's name? Okay, so he's making toys and his brother's like this. I mean, I don't think it's very good. And if I were an advertiser, I'd be like, um, no. So we're going to see what's going to happen with that. But write me and let me know if you want to hear it because it's a great movie. It's about a busy woman who's a professional organizer who helps a widowed toy maker dad organize his life. And the toy maker, I mean, he's not just some idiot who's making toys. He runs a company with his brother. His brother's a suit and tie type. And this guy, Bobby, is like, I love toys. And, you know, his wife's dead, his kids. The head of the superstore, like a Walmart, is coming to see if those guys could be in business with him. And, and next year, they could have toys for sale in his store. And weirdly, the superstore guy is all about family, and they make him a family dinner, and it's his wife's a vegetarian, everyone's freaking out. I, I really think you'll want to know about this movie, but let me know if, you, if I should release that episode. I will only do it by popular demand. So you know where to find me to let me know about that. Um, but what I've been doing all month is this is the holiday-themed month, uh, like it or not. And I've been reading emails from people, the ongoing controversy of if Die Hard is a Christmas movie and everybody talking about their favorite things. I have so many emails here. It's redink. So I'm just going to take it from here and uh, we'll do a few of those as well. Um I think I forgot to talk about the last week. I had my annual conversation with my mom about the Beatles at Thanksgiving. There was some family drama this year. I won't get into it. I was um, very sad. It was possibly on a crying jag for a little while. Um, just just can't take – no one in my family is, like, talking about Trump or, like, forcing it on me. But there's just little things here and there that I'm just, like, I feel things have changed because of him. And I'm not going to get into it. But washing dishes with my mom and uh, – We're talking about the Beatles. You know, she's not in the digital age. She's not iTunes or Spotify or place. Um, But she was talking about, you know, she sells her Beatles albums. I'm like, do you have any on CD? I got her the White Album CD once. And she was like, no. I'm like, so, you know, I just put on iTunes. uh, My, I have every Beatles album, not to brag. And so we're big fans in in the Kirkman family. Well, me and my mom are. And we were listening while we were doing dishes. And... She gets on her thing. It's like, if you, you would think that we were having an argument about Trump. She gets so mad at me when I make fun of Ringo Starr. He is peace and love, Jennifer. You, stop doing, Jennifer. Why do you say? Because as Howard Stern fans know, um, they love playing that YouTube clip of Ringo Starr saying, after October 22nd, I have too much to do. I am selling my things with peace and love, peace and love. And he sounds angry. And I was telling my mom that I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Big bummer. And the guy there was like, you just missed Ringo Starr's drum set, like the original one from the Beatles. He came here to pick it up. He's selling it. I'm like, what? Like, that's such a weird image to me that like, you know, the way that my mom was trying to pawn off old Christmas decorations on me, like this is from when you were a baby. And I'm like taking it home. Like Ringo Starr, like... I'm just picturing him physically coming in and picking up like a bass drum and just schlepping it back to wherever. And I've heard he's like selling all his stuff. And I'm like, does he have no money? And then um, 
you know, but everyone's like, no, but he was in the Beatles. But it's like he was the drummer, people. And I just read, um, oh, my God. And I got to get her on for a They Seem Fun because um, she's wonderful. Is Patty Schemmel from the band Hole. Her book hit so hard. Um, she's an amazing drummer. She's an amazing person. And she has – that's a good read. That's – especially if you're a 90s person um, – it's real detailed about her whole life playing with Hole, living with Kurt and Courtney, all that stuff. But then beyond that, it's her story um, before and after those moments, of course, of being a drummer, of losing it all, the drug addiction. And just, I mean, you know, every once in a while, like you have the people that are famous for their problems with addiction and you're like, and then Michael Jackson comes in and like trumps everybody. It's like, oh, that was the, that guy was the hardest going of all. Guy's doing propofol at night you know we talk about elvis with his pills and um in that way like patty and i'm sure she's glad for it is not known for her um addiction i think in the general sense of the world and um she had a bat and it was like the recovery stories in here are crazy the attempts the how many times oh my god it's just it's heartbreaking but you can really see where people start to spiral and they just can't stop so her book is amazing, and, and you already know that it has a happy ending because she's got an amazing life. And she did a documentary called Hit So Hard, and this book is like the way more detailed version of that. So that's a good Christmas read. If you're not going to get my book, I can barely take care of myself, which you should give to friends um, who don't want kids. I think that's also a good holiday day gift. Anyway, so in Patty's book, she was talking about how much money the drummer makes, and I was like, oh, my God. It was like you could make more a year probably like – working retail probably like it literally when she was on whole when on whole on tour with whole or like when they were making this album or that it's like wait that's all you got and so you know and she was like yeah like the drummers get screwed and they're easily replaceable even though they're not but people think of them that way and whatever so it's like you might so anyway it's like i don't know how much ringo got for like tours and stuff and obviously they haven't been together in decades so it's not like how long does that tour money last and he doesn't have any songwriting rights and, you know, maybe he did his own thing, but I don't know. I don't know how. Well, let me look up Ringo Starr's um, net worth. Although these things are wrong. It says that my friend Chris Fringel is worth $18 million. I was like, do they mean pennies? And um, and mine isn't accurate either. Um, oh, but he had Ringo in the all-star band. His net worth as of April 2017 was $350 million. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, he's probably fine then. Even if that's off by a hundred million, even if it's off by two hundred and fifty million. Um, now Paul McCartney is only worth six hundred and sixty million. I thought he'd be a billionaire. So wh- that's weird. Anyway, okay, so I don't know. So Ringo's pretty rich, but I don't know why he's selling everything. Um, but my mom was like, has saw him in his band at Foxwoods Casino. He is the nicest person. And he said John liked him best. Of course, you're going to say once everyone's dead, you're going to be like, he liked me best. John's not going to come back and dispute it. He is peace and love. He is not angry. And you are being you are being awful. He is peace and love. And so then we start talking. You know, my mom hates Paul McCartney and and hates a strong word, but I, I, he's not my thing either. And um, I just, I just, again, I've said this before. I don't like when he gets all doodly do in the middle of an already going well Beatles song that's like edgy, and he's like doo ba da ba doo, and gets all ragtime about it. It makes me insane. And so, um, hang on, Ooh, 
And so my mom was saying, I'm a John Lennon girl. I mean, I just like his look. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We're talking about, we're two girls talking about what look we prefer. Now, my dad looks something like John Lennon, uh, but I guess that would be my mom's, you know, free pass or whatever. Um, well, not free pass. I think my mom would have fully run off with John Lennon, not like, hey, let's just have a one night stand. And um, I talked her down from some Yoko Ono hate. So let's not do internalized sexism. Yoko was a big part of John Lennon's peace and love transformation. Um, it wasn't just, um, you know, going to India and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. And she was just like, I don't know what it is about Paul. He's too square. He's too much of a goody-goody. And I'm like, Mom, they all lived pretty hard. Like, you know, even Paul. And she was like, I don't know why I forgive the Beatles for everything. You know, I don't look down on them for all they did that was maybe bad because they were young and they didn't know. And and um, I said, well, John Lennon was sort of an asshole to women. You know, he was abusive. I know, but then he turned his life around. And I mean, she is... I don't know who that is. Anyway, my whole point is, uh, it was an annual discussion, and I don't even know if my mom knows about the song Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time, but I'm not going to ruin her life and tell her about it. So, anyway, um, let's see. Okay. Uh, This guy, Jack is writing about the listener who said he wanted to act gay in order to compliment a woman's shoes. I knew this was going to come. I thought I had given a very nuanced answer that included, like, what does act gay mean anyway? But, like, we know what he meant. We meant, like, a threes company. Hey, girl. Like, that's what we meant, act gay, which would be offensive to gay people. But in the context of what we were talking about, just everybody calm down. So this guy's reading me the riot act. Um He's really disappointed. Uh, I wanna, he said, you read a listener email about a straight guy who asked if it's all right to act gay in order to compliment a woman's shoes. As a longtime listener, big fan of yours, and as a gay man myself, I find this somewhat problematic. I'm disappointed that you basically gave him permission to do this without examining how this may seem a little condescending to men who are actually gay. Jack, I'm sorry you felt that way. I thought it was implied that this was a completely silly email and that, of course, I don't think there is a way to act gay um, I never know who's gay. And uh, the only time I do know is when someone is stereotypically like, hi, and I'm in West Hollywood and they're doing like snap, snap. This email was to just I thought it was funny and I'm taking it out of the realm of being so on top of um not political correctness, but like outrage culture all the time. Like sometimes somebody can say something ridiculous like that. And my answer, because I thought it would be just a ridiculous point of view is like, sure, act gay, whatever that means. Like, but there is a gay way to act, Jack. And you know that that's true. I know you're a gay man, but there is a stereotypical gay way to act um, based on stereotypes. And that, that is, yes, that's what I was giving that man permission to do all under the guise of this whole thing is fucking ridiculous. You don't need to yell at a woman about her shoes. He said he would pose this question to the listener. How would he act gay? Would he talk with a high pitched voice peppered with queer eye, straight guy lisp? How would he pretend to signal to a woman that he was gay? It seems like he isn't comfortable in his own masculinity to simply compliment people on their fashion choices in a way that wouldn't be perceived as creepy. See Jack, this is where you need education. 
There is no way for a man to talk to a woman that doesn't seem creepy. We decide what seems creepy. You can say in the least creepy way possible, I like your shoes. But if we're in a situation that it seems inappropriate to say that, if we we don't know what men are safe and what men are not, that's my fucking point. Unless they are outrageously gay acting. We don't know what men are safe and what men are not. So, Jack, while you're trying to read me the riot act, your thing is problematic, where you just said he should be able to compliment someone without being perceived as creepy. No, Jack, that's not up to him to decide. I have had men come up to me being totally normal, and I am afraid because I have been eight out of 10 encounters has ended up with me being nice to someone and them thinking that they can hit on me or I'm alone in a parking garage. And it's weird. And Jack, you're not right about that. You've even said on your podcast previously that people should replace words like woman with black to see if they're saying as construed as offensive. If I asked you, gee, I sure would like to compliment the black barista on her hair, but I know black people are sensitive. Um, Is it okay for me to pretend to be black to compliment black people's hair? Of course not. No, Jack, of course not. But you can't pretend. I mean, I guess you could pretend to be black. Sure. But in that instance, I would have said the same thing because it was a joking situation that I was in where I was like, yes, act gay. Like, I can't explain it to you if you weren't in on the kind of the whole scenario to me was a fucking joke. And so my whole point was that I was going to educate this guy about the real underlying issue of the email was that he needs to talk to women so badly. He needs to give his opinion so badly that he would go so far as to act gay, whatever that means. And so I was giving him permission to do it because it was under the umbrella of this whole thing is fucking ridiculous. So Jack, I'm sorry I disappointed you. I'm sorry that you don't think more of me than to know that I totally understand that. And um, we'll just have to agree to disagree about that segment of my show. Um, How long have I been doing, Aaron? Seven hours? Okay, we have 10 minutes left. Can I do 10 minutes? Or no? Okay. Um, so this email. Die hard. Anthony. Hey, Jen. Love the Houston show. Okay, great. Um, favorite Christmas movie? Emmett's Other Jug Band Christmas. Emmett Otter. What is that? Oh, Emmett Otter. <laughs> that said Emmett Other. Who is that? It's... um. It's a Disney like puppet Christmas. It's special. old. It's from the eighties, I believe. Oh, this guy goes. It's a childhood fave. I'm showing my age by saying this. Well, if you're a child oh, of the eighties, maybe it's older then. Oh, I don't know. It's not. I mean, I don't think I've seen it. I haven't. I've never heard of it. Favorite Christmas song: Bing Bowie, Bing Crosby, Little Drummer Boy, or John Lennon, Yoko Ono. Happy Christmas, War is over. Thank you. I just played that. Tour is over if you want it. Uh, Trump is over if you want it. Least favorite Christmas song: That annoying Sir Paul McCartney. You have to say Sir Paul McCartney. Wings song whose name I can't recall. It's called Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. But the fact that it's going through my head is making me turn on my white noise up. My new tradition is probably going to be going hiking. On Christmas because I just moved to Houston and it'll be a present to myself. Then I'll go have a drink. And Die Hard is not a Christmas film, but planes, trains, and automobiles should have. Nope. No. Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving, it's a Thanksgiving movie. movie. They're going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 People, people just make... There's anarchy going on out there. Mm. And I blame Trump. People are making up their own shit. Here's another... Oh, this is from Kate. The first woman. Not the first woman. But the first woman to to have this opinion. Um, Not to assume someone named Kate is a woman. Okay. Yes, I think it's a Christmas movie. At its heart, it's a romantic tale of love with misunderstandings, miracles, a busy businesswoman, and heartwarming human connections with Christmas decorations in many scenes and also Christmas music. Uh Uh-huh. 
Wait, it's a, it's about love? Well, he's estranged from his wife. Oh. And his children because she moved to L.A. for a career. Do they get back together? In the end of the first two, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I get what she's saying. It sounds like it's an action-adventure film that has the heart of a romantic comedy. I guess. Or do you think it's still more about bad guys? It's more about bad guys. Okay, then Kate, sorry. It just takes place at a Christmas party. Kate, you're wrong. Um, favorite Christmas song, John Lennon, Happy Christmas. Oh my God, everyone. And I like that he says Happy Christmas. I think it's cool. That's like a way to be cool for sure. Mm -hmm. And I I think Yoko Ono came up with War is Over if you want it. So everyone who hates, keep on hating. I really do love her. Um, Guilty Pleasure Christmas song, Britney Spears, My Only Wish This Year. I don't know that one. You know that Mariah Carey song? Everyone the Christmas tree. Oh, no, no. All the same and not for Christmas. That's in my head constantly, and mm. the lyrics I'm getting wrong, but I'm going in my head. Everyone's a Christmas tree. Favorite Christmas movie? Elf is the one I watch most, or Christmas Vacation. Yep. Least favorite Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life. <gasps> no! I just realized it's one. There's, there's, there's four movies that I've seen more than 40 times. They are Cabaret, Annie Hall, Caddyshack, and It's a Wonderful Life. I think technically those are my four favorite movies. They have to be. Yeah. White Woman Central on that one. Um, I understand. Um, And I don't watch any Hall anymore because Eddie Allen Allen just just creeps me out now. Um, Woody Allen. Now, I had a rule that I don't think he molested anyone before he made that movie, but just looking at his face now bothers me. Yeah. Um, Because I'm always like, it's okay to listen to like pre-thriller Michael Jackson if we're going on like when they molested people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now, I don't know when Michael did or didn't. Anyway. Probably uh, say anything before bad, I would think. Oh, 100%. Bad. After bad, I think, is when things actually got bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the album was secretly. He was telling us. Well, he did. He said, I'm bad. You know it. Yeah. He didn't mean like badass. He meant like um, a bad person. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. I've only watched it once when I was in grade school, but I found it so upsetting, depressing that I refuse to ever watch it again. I don't understand how people love it so much. Maybe try try it again, especially under the umbrella of like Trump and Mr. Potter. And it's I mean, I can get behind a, a movie about a guy who's going to kill himself and then doesn't like the the acting is so incredible. Jimmy Stewart is just oh, he's such a brilliant actor. And. I wasn't going to watch that movie again because I went to see it with my ex on Christmas Eve at the theater. And I was like, it's going to remind me of him. No, it's not. It's going to remind me of me and how much I love that goddamn movie and how I cry. Oh, my God. I can make myself cry. The two things that make me cry happy tears are actually happy Christmas. War is over. I just start, like, getting all emotional. And at the end, um, when they're like, the, the teacher says when a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And... George Bailey yelling, Merry Christmas, you building and loan. Um, I always said if I had an It's a Wonderful Life moment in my life because I was just traveling again this weekend, and it's the same thing with these. I found out I have a bad lift rating, um, but it's because I've been, I'm not talkative to the dudes in the car, and I won't answer personal questions. Yeah. So I think they've given me bad ratings because I always tip 30%, and I always am on time. But this year... Um, I was literally on the phone, like, I'm writing this script. I'm getting notes from the studio. I'm like, I can talk between 440 and 450 when I'm in the car. And I would get a call, and I'd be like, um, 
okay, so uh, in this scene, she should do this. Okay, great. I'll adjust that. And then literally the Lyft driver's like, where are you from? I'm like, would you shut the fuck up? And then this time it was women. So anyway, I, I get so angry. I'm like, stop asking people where they're from or why they're traveling. It's invasive. Just be quiet. Like wh- get back to old fashioned chauffeuring, chauffeuring. Um, or if you do talk, just not ask people personal questions. But I think in my version of It's a Wonderful Life, where I'm driven to almost jump off a bridge because of Lyft drivers and all that. And people are like, what was the underlying thing? And then everyone who knows me is like, no, it was literally because of that. I jump off. I get saved. And at the end of the movie, when I'm running around going, Merry Christmas. Like, this is George Bailey. Um, I'm going to play this for you guys. Oh, why these ads are driving me crazy. I don't want the video to play after the ad. I want to be able to skip ahead and do what I want to do. A girl's got to do what she wants to do. Hang on one sec. Am I allowed to play this? Maybe. Oh, Merry Christmas. He's just ringing. He's so happy he's not dead. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Lyft drivers. He's just saying Merry Christmas to buildings. Merry Christmas, Uber. Merry Christmas, Lyft drivers. Merry Christmas, people that check me in at the hotel and ask me why I'm in town. Merry Christmas, people at customs who ask me if I'm really a comedian and why they've never heard of me. Merry Christmas. That's me at the end of my movie um, where because I almost died. I, I suddenly am so grateful for things I wasn't grateful for before. And then the next day I go back to being like, whatever. Um, all right. Well, you know what? I think we're going to end there. Um, maybe one more quick email. We'll see what people say. So I guess we're not ending there. Um, these are some of my favorite things. Favorite Christmas carols. Angels we have heard on high. Joy to the world. This this woman is a Virgo, Michelle. Oh, and her email address is... Uh, has the word library in it. So sorry, that was probably too much information. But she has like bullet point outlines. Favorite Christmas carol, a a parentheses, S. Traditional, angels we have heard on high, joy to the world, silent night. Modern, I'll be home for Christmas, sweet, sweet, sweet secret peace by Neil Flynn. Winter song by Ingrid Michelson and Sarah Bareilles. Then least favorite Christmas carols, traditional, the little drummer boy. Modern, Christmas shoes, it needs to die in a fire. Oh, last week someone loved Christmas shoes. Carol that makes me cry. Judy Garland sings, have yourself a merry little Christmas and meet me in St. Louis. It wrecks me. Now that's a movie I've never seen and don't give a fuck to see. Do not care. Do not care. And I love the Judy Garland. But that song makes me sad. And it's because I had to ice skate to it once by myself as a little kid because I got invited to a very popular girl's birthday party. And they were like couples skating, not couples like relationships, but like partner up. Mm -hmm. And it was an odd number of people. And I didn't get out there. And I sat by myself to that. And, uh, I know. I didn't even like this girl. I just had to go to a party. And then that memory probably isn't even true. It's probably like I realize now half my memories are probably made up. Um, Favorite traditional Christmas movie. Charlie Brown Christmas, Holiday Inn, minus the racist bits. Yep. Little Women. Little Women's a Christmas movie? I think that we're getting into dire territory. Favorite Christmas movies. Modern. The Ref. What? Yeah. That is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Scrooged. I mean, that is while you were sleeping. With Sandra Bullock? Yeah. I like to say Bullock. I don't know if that is. No, we'll see. Oh, fuck. I forgot to watch Love Actually. Um, And then lastly, least favorite Christmas movies, Frosty the Snowman. I never liked that either. And modern Love Actually. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. She says she's a librarian. Um, 
Well, I love it. Thank you for weighing in on that. I don't know. I don't know about the ref. I've never seen it, but I have strong opinions on things that I haven't even seen. Um, all right. Well, hang on. Now, now I'm just reading people's emails. Why can't I ever end this normal? I can never end this normally. Okay. Until next week, have fun.